In this episode of Trek in Time, we'll be talking about living through a no-win situation, what makes conflict so compelling, and what we're going to be adding to the podcast for podcast supporters. That's right, we're talking about Enterprise, episode 22 of season two, Congenitor. This episode dropped on April 30th, 2003. (laughs) This episode dropped on April 30th, 2003. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Trek in Time, where we're watching every episode of Star Trek in chronological order and in history. We're still in early days. We're in the earliest days of the Trek universe, which is Enterprise, which means we're also talking about the earliest days of the 21st century. We're currently in 2003. And who's doing all this talking? Well, it's me. I'm Sean Farrell. I'm a published writer. I've written some sci-fi. I've written some stuff for kids. And with me is my brother, Matt, Matthew Farrell. He's the guru and inquisitor behind the YouTube channel, Undecided with Matt Farrell, which takes a look at emerging tech and its impact on our lives. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm still clamoring for springtime. And here in New York City, it is gasp actually in the high 60s, possibly even the 70s and a sunny day. So after recording this episode, I'm probably going to strip off all my clothes and run naked through the streets. So if you're in the Brooklyn area today, please watch out. Look for the naked guy and stop me and say hi. (laughs) As usual, we love to hear from our listeners. And you can do that by checking out the contact information in the podcast description and sending us a note, or you can do it on YouTube by just going to the comments and leaving a comment there. And Matt, I believe you have some comments from previous episodes that you wanted to share with us today. I do. There's three comments I kind of want to bring up. They're all on a theme. The last episode where we talked about the breach, Mm -hmm. I kind of apologize for how we are constantly just tearing into every episode of the show of like, didn't like it, didn't like it, because mm-hmm. we're on this bent of, wow, there's so many bad episodes. There were some comments about our conversation about that, one of which was from Palego69. Just a few more episodes until season three. I hold nothing against you guys for the accurate assessments of these recent episodes. Some of the best podcast episodes so far have been riffing about how bad the episodes, how bad episodes could have been even better. So I'm glad at least Pale Ghost is on board with what we're doing. <laughs> AJ Chan wrote, As we wrap up season two, I was wondering if you could pick 10 episodes that you would include in Enterprise season two if it was made as a 2022 streaming format. That's an incredibly interesting idea. And I and uh, AJ, thanks for that comment. I can't do it off the cuff right now, but I think that as we should part of our season two finale, we should both propose what episodes we would include in that basically a top 10. That's a great idea. So thank you for that. Yeah. And the last comment was from Jason Dumb. I appreciate the criticism. I feel the same regarding Enterprise. So much good, but many bad episodes. Part of the fun is breaking down what's not working. Keep up the great work. So I'm glad that people are enjoying what we're doing because it feels like, like I said, I still feel kind of bad because overall I like the show, but man, there's just been this string of just horrible episodes that we just keep tearing apart. Yeah, it's and it's easy to get trapped in a bottle with yeah. the things that you're talking about and feel like the the universe of the show is what you're currently swimming in and feeling like mm-hmm. oh my god enterprise oh my god enterprise oh my god enterprise and i recently uh, i may have mentioned this in the podcast in the past i'm a big fan of apps like tubi and pluto which are free streaming programs and movies and you can just put it on in the background it's great for 
background noise where you just want nonstop whatever, but you don't want to pay too much attention to it while you're doing other things. And so while I'm doing some stuff around the house, there is a Star Trek channel on Pluto and I love putting that on. And what they tend to do is very slowly move forward through their doing next generation, very slowly move through the different seasons of next generation in batches of repeated episodes. So over a four mm-hmm. hour period, you're going to see four episodes that would have been in order next to each other, and then they will loop. And so you just go over a 24 hour period. You'll see the same episodes again and again and again. I hadn't watched it in a long time. And so I started watching some of it the other day and they were in the midst of a bunch of episodes that I think would have been probably season five or six of next generation. And I was suddenly reminded, Oh, these are not all golden. No, these are not all wonderful. Yeah. And I was seeing things in next generation that I was like, Oh, this is, Similar to how I feel about some of the episodes of Enterprise that we've been talking about recently, where it is easy to get that kind of, oh, if only everything could have been as good as the golden (laughs) days. And then you look at the golden days and you're like, oh, well, this is pretty crappy. And in particular, I'm thinking about the episode. There were a couple of episodes back to back that included one with Olivia Dabo as a young woman who is just discovering that she is, in fact, a Q. I remember that one, yes. And oh, yeah. and the writing in the episode was almost as if they just forced all the actors into a room together and they were like, okay, she's a cute, go. And <laughs> like, n- there's no consistency. There's nothing that feels like you're watching something. You're watching John DeLancey act as if he was the only one trying to stay on character. Everybody else is just kind of like sleepwalking through it. And there's a repeated riff between that and another episode around the fact that Jordy was in the midst of growing a beard. And oh, I was yeah. just like, why did the writers feel like they needed to address the fact that LeVar Burton had decided to grow a beard? Why was that suddenly something that needed that level of attention? Yeah. And there's a scene with a poker game where Dr. Crusher is basically calling out all these bearded men around her, Riker, Worf, and Jordy for the fact that they have beards and they make a bet that if she wins the hand, they all have to shave their beards. And if one of them wins, she has to become a brunette. And I'm left with this made it out of the writing room. This. Yeah. <laughs> so they left the interns alone for too long. Yeah. And, and it was script. just like, some of this stuff was just like, and, and in one of the episodes, it was one of, it was the episode where there's a transporter malfunction. It always turns out to be a transporter malfunction, doesn't it? Transporter malfunction that turns Picard and several of the members of the crew into children. And yeah, I remember that. And I was left again with the sense of like, wow, there really were so many episodes that I've put into a little compartment in the back of my head. But when we get there and if the timing we'll there in the timing of, of how we're doing this podcast, We'll get there right around the time I turn 65. (laughs) When we get there, we will be, I assume, as ruthless in our response to that as we have been to previous episodes of Enterprise. Having said all of that, we will now move into our discussion of today's episode of Enterprise, which is Cogenitor. And I'm going to give a little spoiler about my thoughts around this one. This one breaks the pattern of episodes that don't really do much as far as 
my response to it. Matt, big picture, what did you think about this one? It did not break the cycle for me. Oh, boy. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) But before I get to that, we have to respond to that sound in the background. That, of course, is the read alert. That's right. It's time for Matt to take a look at the Wikipedia description. And as always, we promise he has not seen this beforehand. Nope. Unlike some previous ones, this one shouldn't be too painful, although it does kind of drop off the face of the earth at the end. Matt, you want to take a look? Sure. That's nice and short. Okay. Cogenitor is the 48th episode of the television series Star Trek Enterprise, the 22nd episode of the second season. Set in the the 2100s of the Star Trek science fiction universe, the NX-01 Enterprise, led by Captain Archer, played by Scott Bakula, encounters a tri-gendered alien race. And that's the end of the synopsis. That is literally not a synopsis. That is not the point of the episode. It is not that they meet a tri-gendered alien race. It is that they meet a race that is tri-gendered and kind of screw things up. But yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. The better synopsis would be a crewman steps out of his defined role and screws with the culture of another group yes. of people. In a horrible, horrible In a horrible, way. horrible way. <laughs> this is as Matt just mentioned episode 22 of season two, and it was directed by LeVar Burton. He of the beard that we were just talking about a few moments ago. I think that he as a director, I just give him a lot of credit. He's able to really get a lot out of the actors and really knows how to, how to put these moments together in a really, really smart way. So I appreciate that. This episode was written by Berman and Braga. And I think this will be the episode where Matt and I have a differing opinion about what it means to be a Berman and Braga episode. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned before, this episode aired on April 30th, 2003. And what does that mean for the episode as far as the world that it landed in? Well, Matt, you were still dancing to 50 cents in the club. I know you couldn't get enough of it then and you probably can't get enough of it now, but you're going to have to give it up because next week we're going to have, spoiler alert, a different song is the number one song. And in the movie theaters, Well, you and I were not lining up for the movie Identity because I had no memory of this movie whatsoever when I read about it. It made $16 million in the box office this week. It would go on to make 90. It apparently cost around 28 million to make. And Identity is the 2003 American ensemble neo-noir thriller directed by James Mangold. I do not remember. The film stars John Cusack, Ray Liotta, Amanda Peet, Alfred Molina, Clea Duvall, and Rebecca DeMornay. Each one of those people is an above the title star. Yes. I could not recollect them all being in a movie together at all. It is loosely based on Agatha Christie's 1939 whodunit. And then there were none. The film follows 10 strangers in an isolated hotel who are temporarily cut off from the rest of the world and are mysteriously killed off one by one. Everything about this. Everything about this is just like, well, it's a Agatha Christie story. That's a positive. It's these actors. That's a positive. No memories whatsoever. But if you are like me and are actually curious about this, I discovered it is on Netflix right now. So perhaps I and others will check it out. Maybe we'll talk about it in the future on television on this day. Well, we had 4 million viewers. Watch this episode, which is up from the previous week, which is not saying much because the previous weeks have been in the toilet. The competition at this time slot, 8 p.m. 
on Wednesdays, well, it was going up against my wife and kids and George Lopez. They were getting about $8 million each. Star Search on CBS was getting $7 million. American Idol, well, they were squeaking by with a paltry 20 million viewers. Dateline NBC was showing a POW interview special, which earned 7 million viewers. And Enterprise was able to beat up on Dawson's Creek, which only got 3.8 million viewers. Take that, Dawson's Creek. <laughs> you can only beat Star Trek once. You can only beat Star Trek once before <laughs> it comes back with a vengeance and gets right. 200,000 more viewers than you. And for the week, the top viewed show was CSI once again with 22 million viewers. And in the news, well, anybody who's listening to this knows that we've been in the midst of a pandemic. Some say what? that the pandemic is trailing off and that it's turning into an endemic. And then there are those who say, no, the pandemic is still here. It's still growing strong. And there are those who say, if only we could have known that something like this could happen. If only there was a way that we could have foreseen a disease mm -hmm. taking a hold of the world and, and squeezing the way that this pandemic has. Well, on this day, April 30th, 2003, the New York Times included a headline, which was the SARS epidemic, Canada, advice to put off trips to Toronto is lifted by the World Health Organization. Citing an ebb in the SARS epidemic here, the World Health Organization today lifted a week-old advisory urging travelers to delay all non-essential visits to Toronto. The decision was welcomed with sighs of relief from Canadian health officials who had lobbied hard for the reversal and disputed the World Health Organization's contention that Toronto had been a source of cases outside Canada. They argued that the advisory unnecessarily damaged the Canadian economy and its international image. If only we could have known. If yep. only we could have known. It's a shame. Yeah. So, Enterprise, Cogenitor, an episode that is taking place in late January 2153, and we find the Enterprise is exploring a hypergiant star, a star that, as they are looking at it to Paul, informs them that it is expected within a few hundred years to probably go supernova. So they are looking cosmologically at the last days of this massive star, and they are thoroughly excited by what they are seeing. The proximity to this event has them all really captivated. And then they discover that there is an alien vessel even closer to the star than they are. And when they have their first contact moment with this other race, everybody on board breathes a sigh of relief with the fact that it is totally non-threatening. It is a yep. very excited Andreas Katsalas, who we have seen as a Romulan in previous episodes and anybody who watches Babylon five will recognize him as a series regular there. We hear Andreas Katsalas respond to their hails with a hail fellow well met response. And they okay. very quickly get past all the initial, like, who are you? Where are you from? And Archer invites this person to dinner and they accept. And before you know it, the crews Friends are forever there. The crews are mingling and everybody is having a fantastic time meeting this other species. And it ends up with the captain of the alien vessel inviting Archer to join him in his exploration vehicle, which is able to go even closer to the star to help do further exploration. And Archer jumps at the chance. It's one of the few times 
we are seeing Archer put himself in a position of, yeah, I'm going to go off the ship. I'm, I'm yep. going to be the one doing this. And if the episode had just ended with all of that, it would have been arguably a uplifting episode, but without a plot and yep. would have been, why did we watch this? What happened here? What is this about? But luckily for all of us, that's not the case because somebody had to stick his nose in it. Matt, I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Trip, 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 trip. Can I just say, I, I like the fact that you seem to feel like this, this kind of broke the string of bad episodes we've been on. Mm-hmm. And I will, I will agree that this is definitely better than the bad string we've been on, but it's, it doesn't completely break the cycle. And, and for me, it also reinforces the Brennan Braga problem <laughs> where it feels like they have seeds of good ideas and don't know how to execute on it in a new and interesting way. Mm. Because this episode felt very Star Trek to me where there's a lot of discussion and a lot of dialogue and a lot of ethical quandaries that are happening, which is great. But the execution of it was so, to me, sloppy and just didn't make any sense. And the core problem I had was Trip really steps in it in this episode. Like too profound to, to jump to right to the end. Somebody dies because of his actions. Yep. He has done this, not in just one other episode. He's done this numerous times in other episodes where he has done something so impulsive and so just what feels like could be almost out of character for him where he's gotten in trouble. Like there was an episode where the captain is just reaming like Reed and uh, Trip up and down for the the crap that they've done, and they're not behaving like you know Starfleet officers, bridge yeah. crew, Starfleet officers, and they they both look like whipped puppies, and they're like, "I'm so sorry," and it's like, "Okay, they learned their lesson. Now we're moving on." And what does Trip do? It's like that episode never even happened. It's like that's my problem is that this it's happened numerous times with Trip where he's done something impulsive. A bad thing happens, he has a learning lesson, and then he does it again, and then he does it again. And then this one is like, oh, and now somebody's actually died because of what you did. Yeah. There's a comment, uh, like when he's talking to this trigendered uh, uh, person, and she says, or it says to him, will you get in trouble for what you're doing? And he says, people will be angry, but no. And in my head, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. No repercussions. There's never a repercussion for acting like an idiot in Starfleet. This makes no sense. This is a military organization. It makes zero sense. And guess what happens at the end of this episode? No freaking repercussions. The captain chews him out in his quarters and there's no repercussions. He doesn't get demoted. He doesn't get confined to quarters. Mm -hmm. There's like nothing. Absolutely not even a threat of something being in his record. Like there's nothing. The episode ends with a, oh, somebody died. I feel bad. And then the credits roll. And I was like, are you joking? (laughs) It's like, this is like profoundly a major screw up. It's like, this would have something that would have profound consequences on his career and his station aboard the ship. And they don't address it. He was right at the beginning of the episode when he said, they'll be angry, but I won't get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he was hundred percent correct. And it's like, this is not how a captain would run his ship. Right. 
And this makes the, this makes the captain look like one of the worst captains that's ever captained ever. It's like he has no control of his crew. Right. His crew will just do whatever they want and he'll never punish them. Right. It, it was basically a father saying, I'm disappointed in you. Yeah. Like that's punishment right. enough. I am disappointed in you. So that's why I didn't like this episode. Where I land on all of that is I think that when Star Trek is good, mm-hmm. it still incorporates some of what you've talked about. And you mm-hmm. forgive it because when Star Trek is good, the good elements make you recognize, okay, I'm, I'm watching a program for the opportunity to wrestle with these ideas. And a different program that is doing a different thing is built around, let's show what the repercussions of an action like this might be. I'm reminded of a program like the rebooted Battlestar Galactica might have had mm-hmm. a storyline where if somebody had done like you've just described the uh an officer of the ship does x and then everybody shows up and the captain's like you're off you're you're out you're i'm demoting you you're no longer that role get out of here you can't mm-hmm. you can't do that it's a different design of program it's a different purpose to the storytelling whereas this as opposed to the previous episodes from the previous couple of weeks those were not good Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And so all the flaws were the only thing we had to stand on. Whereas this one, I see everything you just described, but I feel like it's good Trek because it's point for putting those things in there in the first place was a little bit like pulling the ripcord on a lawnmower to get the engine going. There's a, mm-hmm. about a 10 minute, 15 minute beginning to this episode where it's very obvious, like just get to the point of the episode. We're just getting to the point of the episode. So stupid things are going to happen. But once we get the engine going, you're going to understand what we're doing. And for me, and I say this, like, I don't view your response as in any way having missed a point. For mm-hmm. me, I was okay with what you just described. Because for me, the morality tale that was on display was enough for me to say, I forgive those missteps. It was like watching a dance performance where when the lights go on at the beginning and I don't quite know what's going to happen yet and it's all a little bit awkward at the beginning, but once I get the rhythm of what the dancers are trying to do, I can buy into it and forgive the awkwardness at the beginning. That's what this episode was like for me. And for me, the morality tale around an individual, in this case, Trip, looking at another culture and seeing something that doesn't fit with his sense of equality and humanity and doing everything that he thinks is right, being the direct action leading to the suicidal death of the person he was trying to help. And the Mm -hmm. ripples that will have with the relationship between that, those people and Starfleet humanity in the future. In the setup of that, I was impressed by how this was a no-win situation. Archer at no point is defending the unfair treatment Mm -hmm. of the third gender of this other people. I even enjoyed the fact that this was an episode 
we're in the midst right now in the early 2020s of a major culture shift and culture war around the idea of what is identity, how much of identity is a inherent trait and how much is a construct. And all of that was at play in this story without it being right in the way it was depicting it, but wrestling with it as a thing to be wrestled with. Okay. And I thought that that was an interesting part of this. But then when you jump forward in the story to the elements around when should you step in to help and when should you not, and Trip crosses lines into quote unquote helping somebody, he's not doing the things that would genuinely help this individual. He's doing things that make him feel better about his relationship to this individual. And I, that, yes. that on display was terrific for me. And the end of the episode for me did not need, and I understood what you were saying about it's, no repercussions. Clarif- I get, I get all of that. But for me, the discussion at the end of you and I don't get to go around and tell people that they're wrong and change their lives just because it makes us feel better. Like that discussion was the culmination of the no win scenario that they were in. And, and I thought I was left at the end of this episode with a sense of, yeah, there are some weak points and there were some points where I felt like, okay, this, this really doesn't make sense within the confines of the ship. But I felt at the end, like there was enough of a resonance there of what does it mean to be a good person? What does it mean to help? What does it mean to see difference as a problem? And how do we wrestle with that? I thought all of that was, was strong enough for me. That's, that's, that's where I want to make clear that my problem isn't just the ending. It's the fact they structured the entire story around trip is alone in this. Yeah. And he's making this choice, thinking he's doing the right thing and he's going off doing his own thing. So they established it as it's trip. And so there's going to be this this moral quandary of it's a no-win situation, I would say is not true because there's no ramifications for him. Since they've made it about him wrestling with what the right thing is to do, there should have been ramifications for that choice for his character arc over the series of the episode. And there wasn't. So it's like they, they set this whole, they set the stage for this moral quandary of him go, bucking the rules deliberately because he thinks it's the right thing to do, but then there's no consequences to it. That's the wrong, that's the wrong thing to do. It should have been more of a, I think, more of a collective of the, the entire crew questioning. This seems a little weird. And maybe then Trip then starts to go off on his own path where you get a sense that more of the crew is kind of behind this. This is a little odd. And he's kind of taking it on himself to do the right thing because he knows he's not completely on a limb by himself. But, I, but they said it so yeah. that he's a limb by himself yeah. and everybody else is telling him, don't do this. Like T'Pol is basically saying that. Flox is basically saying that. And because of that, it sets this episode up as one of the key aspects is this no-win scenario. There's ramifications for doing what he's doing. And yet they're at the end, there's nothing with those ramifications other than this person being dead. I, I disagree with your take on that because to go back to something you said before about Tripp has done this before and he has, and I, and mm-hmm. like, I absolutely see that. But I think that for me, 
it's a matter of well what did he did what did he do in the past and what was at stake and in this one as opposed to those previous ones it was well what did he do he disobeyed orders or he acted in a way unbecoming an officer and what was at stake in some cases it was countermanding an order doing something that would be against what his captain had expressed in the one where he and reed get reamed out it's because of decorum like mm-hmm. you went sneaking in a place where you had no right to be and that's an embarrassment to me as an as a captain but the upshot of most of those was at best a reprimand and at worst in the episode where he and reed go sneaking off and get reprimanded the fact that they did that is a is a key element to them getting out of the dilemma of the episode. Yes. So yes. his de- yes. his inability to follow decorum, in fact, is a positive. This episode, by isolating him and and removing direct repercussions to him and his career, makes the weight of the death of this other person heavier. I think it puts the burden on him as one of not, oh, I really kind of took one on, I got a bruise as a result of my own actions, but like I killed another person. So to me, that lended weight to the impact on the other person and kept Charles, which is the name that this other person, the the entire context of the, of the relationship in this other species I would I would also just like to point out the relationships between these these other species. I thought that was interesting, mm-hmm. the construction of their mm-hmm. their cultural paradigm being they didn't get deep into it, but it's basically set up as if there are three genders, all three need to be a part of reproduction, but one of those three is in very short supply for whatever reason. It seems like evolutionarily the third gender is not as numerous. And as a result, they're treated almost like a resource, a valuable resource. The couple that has this cogenitor with them refers to having had wait to wait a long time for the opportunity to get one. And that if their reproductive efforts were successful, the cogenitor they would then be given to another couple. So this second class citizen status is viewed within this culture it it becomes the limitation of this resource is what's driving their thinking as opposed to being able to look at this as a fully fledged individual so that aspect of the 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 species is revealed through his interactions with flocks and with this third gender who after speaking with him decides to take on his name so this cogenitor begins to call itself charles there is a lot of stuff with flocks which does do i think some of the things you you talked about wishing the episode had done more of which is mm-hmm. having a conversation with flocks and and flocks helps him discover there's no genetic difference and no intellectual difference between the cogenitor and the other members of this species. So this really is entirely a cultural second-class status as opposed to anything physical. And for me, that's what 
put the relationship between what is at stake here. If you had had the stakes be something around trip, I think that the end result would have been, well, the episode is really about trip. Whereas I came out of this thinking about the episode involved trip, but ultimately it was about bigger than any of the individuals involved. It was about culture clash. It was about othering the other, even in the attempt to help. And, mm-hmm. and I thought that it did a very good job with all of those things. Well, like, I, I agree with you. Like that aspect of, it, I liked a lot, but there are other episodes of enterprise that do similar things with the captain. And I think they do it better. It's like the, the fact that like the captain oftentimes wrestles with this shift between there's a cultural difference here and there's, there's the right thing to do. And there's a, a more, I don't say politically correct, but more culturally correct don't rock the boat. This is not a human civilization. We're talking about the prime directive effectively. Correct. The prime directive. And so this felt like it's another basically prime directive episode, but this time it's trip instead of the captain. And so where I disagree is I think this episode, because we've talked about this, we complained about this before. They'll introduce characters we know nothing about, like Mayweather's family. And there's this whole dynamic of these characters that are brand new to us and we don't really care about. And then by the end of the episode, we're like, there really was no story arc for Meriwether at, at all in this. Mm-hmm. And the actual character development was a character we didn't, don't even actually know. You're basically saying the fact that there really wasn't a, there, there really wasn't a good closure to Tripp's journey on this episode for me. And that's what I'm lacking. Right. It's like, you can't remove Trip and say, oh, it was a good ethical dilemma. It's like, they do this all the time. They have good ethical dilemmas. But you have to root it in the characters that we're with every week to make us care about the characters and have that character development. And for me, the reason it fell flat was it was delivering across most of the episode on this. And then right at the end, it just kind of shanked the landing (laughs) because it was like, oh, they didn't give a really good kind of wrap up to his story arc here for how he's evolving. Yes, you can tell it's hit him hard. For you me, that was enough. That. I think that's where okay. I think that's where you and I land in different zones yeah. where you're you're in the rough and I'm on the green. Yes. It's like I thought that this was about trip while not being about trip. essential to trip. It was something he is going to carry with him for the rest of his life. And I felt like his relationship to how he viewed exploration, how he viewed interaction with other species. I felt like this episode demonstrated there would be a turning point to that. And I'm interested in keeping that in my mind as I move forward in these stories and seeing like, does he continue to make this same mistake again and again? Because whereas this does fall on a path of, oh, he's done this before, he's never done it before to this degree. And ultimately, it just occurred to me as we were talking, one of the big things about like, there's no repercussions to his career. The problem with that as an argument, I think is he didn't technically violate any rule or order. The prime directive does not exist yet. No, but he was deliberately lying to people. Yes. To do what he was doing. Like, you know what I mean? There were things that he did that are unbecoming of an officer. Yes. And there would have been, there would have been something in his record. There would have been something. It could have been just as simple as a one sentence of the captain saying, this is going to have an impact on the future of your career. I hope you know what you've done. You know, it's like just even something like that would have been enough of like, okay, there we go. There's some kind of ramification. But that's for gonna, me, it's a stain. It's a stain on him right. going forward. But for me, that again, does what I said. I was glad the episode didn't do, which was turn it back on him and say, this is about you. 
because there you are left at the end of this episode with this all largely happened because there is no prime directive this all is about our impact on the other as opposed to our rescuing the galaxy from itself and the impact here going forward is about recognizing we need a direct order to our people to let them know you can't do this kind of thing so why not bring that up that would have been a ramification of like this is he could have been saying something along the lines of this would have been perfect for we have to there aren't clear rules for us and things like this show me that we have to have rules for this you know it's like they could have been some kind of offhanded comment about the need for some kind of clear rules of what they're supposed to i agree be. that it's, i agree for, that could have that could yeah. have landed the, the, well the fact that there was nothing about that it just kind of ended it's like it was unsatisfying for it left me right I would do want to change the conversation just a little bit. I think I know where you're going because there's Reed what? to talk about. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say. So there's there's always the A plot and the B plot. Yeah. And I will tip my hat and say part of the problem we've had in numerous episodes is the B plot is just random and makes no thematic sense. Yeah. Like the ep- last episode with the rock climbing is the perfect example of WTF, what the hell. Yeah. This, at least the B plot with Reed, at least it was with these alien races and there was some kind of like exploration as to other aspects of their society and culture. So at least in that regard, it was somewhat related, but can we please stop, just stop making Reed a freaking horn dog and making things that are just like a teenage boy writing the scripts of just objectifying women. Like there was an actual butt shot of the woman going through the the hatch and he stares at it and he gets this smirk like oh look at that and it was just come on come on can we please lay off the stupid childish sex obsessed read it's so lowbrow and stupid i agree that it's lowbrow and stupid and what this storyline made me wish for is not that this wasn't in this episode but all that the other previous ones had not been in those episodes this in yes. the episode by itself, short of mm-hmm. the butt shot that you just referred to, yes, would have been fine. It's the fact that he has been tossed Every around time. as just like, well, what about the women? And yeah. time and time again, even in an episode where he was not in control of his body, where he was inhabited by the alien life form, and the alien life form is sexually harassing a colleague co-worker and (laughs) like they've used reed in that way so many times that now when we have it's a little bit like the inverse of the boy who cried wolf like this is the the boy who cried wolf whistle it's just you end up in a moment where okay this is where you could have had reed suddenly inadvertently become the target of this aliens amorous come on and Mm -hmm. depicted him as at the beginning, maybe curious and then a little hesitant and a little unsure if he was reading signals properly. And then when he discovers in a face-to-face context, I'm very mm-hmm. interested in you. And I was hoping that we could be intimate together. That would have been a great story arc and a light story arc compared to yep. the, the A storyline. And I thought it would have really worked really well, but it's been now tainted by all the other experiences we've seen with reed where he's been portrayed as such a borderline harasser that it becomes yes. like oh wait he's he's winning he's 
he was right to be that way or it's okay that he was that way. It's like, it's like I, it, so like I was okay with that storyline in this. It just made me think, I wish they hadn't bothered with all the other previous storylines. So, Mm -hmm. and I will say that again, the butt shot is a problem, but let me (laughs) rephrase that. However, (laughs) the actor's comedic timing around all of the scenes that he's in and the way he depicts Dominic Keating's depiction of, in particular, the fruit and cheese sampler scene. Yes. Yes. I thought it was perfectly done where this woman begins to feed him cheese and doing it in a rather romantic way. And you can tell on his face that across the front of his brain is running the phrase is what I think is happening actually happening. And he does a really nice job with all of that. And, and then the comedic timing of when she fully comes out and says like, I'm interested in you. And he accidentally stands up into a pipe and hits his head rather hard against the pipe. I thought all of those little depictions, including his, he does that and says, I think they've built these cabins a little too small and cramped. I thought all of that was well done. So yeah, my complaint is not the acting at all. He's great as Reed. It was just the portrayal, that aspect of his character is just like, it's getting old. It's like, come on. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm curious about our listeners thoughts on all of this. Do you agree with Matt that the episode should have contained a little bit more realism around how the characters actions would have had repercussions for them moving forward? Or are you in line with my thinking, which was taking a look at this as more of a morality play? It's okay that it kind of lets go of some of those threads that tie it into reality and just is depicting the moral struggle around how do we help? What does help mean and what does it mean when somebody else that we do not fully understand the context that they're in seems to be different and struggling in a way that we think we understand? Let us know. You can reach out through the contact information. You can on YouTube, of course, just scroll beneath the video and leave a comment there and uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you thought. As for this podcast and moving forward, I wanted to let everybody know that Matt and I are planning on putting together something for our podcast supporters, the people who are supporting us directly through YouTube as a member or those people who visit the Trek in Time site to provide us with direct support. We are going to be offering a new spinoff series called Out of Time, in which we're going to be talking about potentially Star Trek, but mainly whatever's on our mind, whatever we're consuming. So we might talk about some of the new Star Trek series. We might talk about other sci-fi shows that we're watching. Just off the top of my head, we might talk about things like Severance or Halo or some of the Star Wars programs that are coming out. We also may even talk about some of the newest Star Trek that is coming out, like Strange New Worlds, Picard, or Below Decks. So if you are interested in catching those episodes you can become a member and you can go to trek in time and throw some direct support our way and the episodes for out of time will be coming out at least once a month and that will be starting in june most likely and what we will be doing is dropping at least one episode a month potentially two or more depending on our availability with each other 
and also what mm-hmm. we have as far as what we've consumed and what we want to talk about. So another tip of the hat and thanks to our supporters. You guys will already be getting announcements as far as like when this becomes live and you will be yep. provided with links and information on how to get to the program. And for anybody who wants to join in and support the podcast directly, you'll be added to that list as well. Before we sign off, Matt, is there anything you'd like to remind our listeners about that we have coming up? I just stay tuned to Undecided with Matt Farrell, where I'm talking about a lot of interesting things coming up, like machine learning and AI, which is very Star Trek-y, very futuristic sci-fi stuff, and how it's impacting things in the sustainability and renewable energy race. As for me, you can check out my website, seanfarrell.com. You can also look for my books on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or anywhere books are sold, your local bookstore or your local library. They should be available at all those locations. And as usual, if you'd like to support the show, leave a review at Apple or Google or Spotify or go to YouTube and become a member there. And if you'd like to directly support us, you can go to trekintime.show, click the Become a Supporter button and throw some coins at our heads. We do appreciate it. It hurts a little bit, but we like it anyway. All of that really does help support the show. Thank you so much for listening and watching, and we'll talk to you next time.